0: Well, good morning, everybody. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Come on now. Good morning, everybody. There you go. Good morning to you who are joining us online. It is a good day. um, If you are joining us online, we're going to be taking up communion, sharing communion later. So get yourself some bread and some juice or wine, however you like to partake in communion and, and be a part of it later on. Can I get those who are going to take up the offering, please, to come forward? And I have left all of my notes to do with... Anybody got a bulletin? (laughs) Thank you. Every week it's the same thing, I don't know. (laughs) We're going to take up our offering... Um, If you are a guest visiting with us for the first time, thank you for being here. I think we have some people that have joined us for the toy run today, so that's awesome. And uh, I know that we have people who are here because of the toy run in the past, so we've got a lot going on today. But if you're a guest visiting with us for the first time, we ask that you would fill out one of our, um, that's a prayer request, I'll get it right in a minute. No, I won't, it's not here. There it is. A welcome card. Drop it in the offering as it goes by. I promise you we will not bug you. We just like to send you a letter. Thank you for being here. If you have a prayer request, this is your opportunity to fill it out right now. You can check off private. In that case, I'm the only one that sees it. I'll be praying for you. Or if you'd like our prayer team to pray for you, just check that off. And if you'd like a call, let me know. Just check that off. Put that in the offering as it goes by you too. number of ways that you can give your offering, your faithfulness to God. You can go online to our website, to Tithely. You can give it right now. There are envelopes in the seat there. Uh, check, cash, whatever God prompts you to do. Or you can even mail it in. But whatever you do, be faithful. And that's what this is all about. Let's pray for our offering. Father, we just give you thanks this morning. I thank you for each person that comes. And we offer up to you, Father, ourselves who we are we want to be fully and completely yours in every aspect of our lives and father we want to do this in obedience and I pray this morning as we come to give our offering and our tithes that we would give in a manner that brings glory and honor to your name father we would give generously we would give sacrificially and we will give joyfully if that's your call for us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have a lot going on. I want to thank the team that did the decorating. Didn't they do an awesome job out in the foyer too? Thank you all. I know uh, Hector builds these, uh, these sets. So thank you to Hector. He's not here this morning. But thank you to him. Uh, we had our, uh, the parade last night. Oh, I've got a picture. There's a picture on there of the, of the people that were in the parade. We, we gave out hundreds, there they are, hundreds of candy canes and invitations to church. So that was a neat thing last night. Obviously today we have the toy run, that's going to happen immediately following this service. So don't get nervous if this is your first year. As we get toward the end of the service, you'll start to hear a rumbling. As the bikes arrive. So be in prayer for that because, you know, the Six Skulls come and they've got a whole bunch of other motorcycle clubs that come and be a part of this. And uh, I pray that each year we can build a connection with them. Because as we serve God by serving others, we also serve God by bringing Jesus to others. So be in prayer about that. What else have we got going on? Living Nativity next weekend. Now there's a sign up sheet at the back there, it's next Saturday. Sunday, if it's raining, my wife is going to have a clipboard and she is going to come and hunt you down if you have not yet signed up. But this is our Christmas card to the community. So we need children to be in it. They, and you don't have to say anything. We need some kids. We need some angels. We need some wise men, um, shepherds. If, if you're able to stand, come and be a part of it. angels. Come and be a part of it. Next Saturday, one evening only. What else have we got going on? Next Sunday, special Sunday, you don't hear from me. Our children are going to do their annual Christmas pageant for us next Sunday. You will hear from me, but just a little bit. So the kids are going to come. They're going to lead worship, and they've got a play that they're going to present. So please... Uh, come, bring your family, bring your friends. It's, a, it's just a wonderful, friendly time to be in church. What else we got going on? First Monday prayer tomorrow night. Come and be part of prayer. Men's breakfast, December 9th. That's next Saturday in the room over there. Guys, if you've never been, you need to come. It is an awesome time of fellowship and good, good food. And I think we've covered pretty much everything else. Oh, ladies, if you've had a birthday in the third and fourth quarter, that's half the year, isn't it? If you've had a birthday in the last half of the year, December 10th, is that next Sunday? Yep. Yep. In the fellowship hall, you will be celebrating and celebrated. So come and be a part of that. And then uh, we've got a Kids Week program and that's enough of that. Today is a special Sunday. We are on a journey to Bethlehem, but this morning, our journey takes on greater significance as we approach Bethlehem. We've got the cradle, our hope of Jesus Christ that leads us to the cross, that leads us to the communion table. And then our eyes look forward to the second coming of Jesus. This is the first Sunday of Advent. It is Hope Sunday. And we have a hope. We have a hope in Jesus Christ who has come and will come again. So I've asked a couple of people to come up and join me. They're going to light the candle. Come on up, boys. And share the scripture for this morning. Can you see back there? Your eyes are going to be way better than mine. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh. Matthew twelve eighteen through twenty one. Look at my servant, who I, who I have chosen. He is my beloved, who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations there's a the next slide he will not fight you or shout you or raise his voice in public he will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle finally he will cause justice to be victorious and his name will be the hope of all the world This candle represents the hope that we have, the hope in his name. And what a wonderful name, the name of the Lord. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is our hope. He is our strength. And he is our presence. He is with us now. Thank you, boys. Each Sunday, we'll light another candle until Christmas Eve, which is a Sunday. We will light the Christmas candle in the middle, the Christ candle in the middle. All right. Journey to Bethlehem and beyond. Families. Anybody got a family? There's a saying, right? I heard that. There's a saying. You can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. They come with the territory and families, you know, family dynamics can be interesting as we've been on this, this journey to Bethlehem and beyond. You know, we've been looking all the way from Eve. We've been through Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the Lord gave Abraham a promise. He said, your descendants will be like the stars in the sky, like the sand on the shores. And they will include kings. And I give you this beautiful land. So he gives him this promise. He gave the same promise to Isaac and his son Jacob. His descendants would be many. But when it gets to Jacob, it changes a little. From one family line to a family Jacob has 12 sons and they are going to become the 12 tribes of Israel. God changes Jacob's name to Israel. And all of a sudden, this promise becomes a family matter. But what a family. (laughs) My goodness. Um, Parents playing favorites. Siblings hating on each other. Lies, deceit, treachery, murder, attempted murder, adultery. I mean, it's just, they've got it all. I mean, you can make a soap opera out of this stuff. They they have it all. And it seems to me that as you read through this stuff, it gets worse in each generation. And by the time we get to Jacob's kids, the, the leaders of these 12 tribes, it is downright ugly. So this morning, I'm going to sidestep history to Bethlehem and beyond, and I want to look at family matters, because family matters, doesn't it? And at this time of the year, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, family seems to become a focus. But families, well, they can be the most wonderful thing, and they can be the most difficult things. Family dynamics are a challenge. There's always the difficult one, right? And I don't be looking at anyone. <laughs> there's always the difficult one in the family. You know, up is down, left is right, black is blue. No matter what you say, they've got a different opinion than everybody else. And then there's the sensitive one. You've got to be so careful because whatever is said is, Oh, you hate me. It's taken out of proportion and, oh my gosh, it's just difficult. Sometimes there's a mean one. They just like to be mean. I don't know why. And then there's the idiot. I'm sorry. (laughs) The one that's always doing stupid stuff. Can't seem to figure out why their life's not on track and why everything keeps going wrong. And it's like, duh. (laughs) You keep making these stupid decisions and doing these stupid things. We can all see it. Why can't you see it? And you feel like saying, you're an idiot. (laughs) And you're all thinking of people right now. (laughs) Even under the best circumstances, family matters can be difficult. The holidays. Thanksgiving, right? Where do you go for Thanksgiving? Well, you know, we went to your family last year, so we should go to my family this year. Yeah, but we went to your family for Christmas. Yeah, but we always go to my family for Christmas. It's it's like, how many Thanksgiving dinners do you want? How many Christmas dinners do you want? It just gets difficult. And it matters because family matters, and you don't want to offend anyone because they matter. Now, I want to broaden this idea of family for you. We are a family of faith. We are a family here. We are a family of faith. Jesus said, my my mother and my brothers and my sisters are those who love me and serve me. We are a family of faith. God is our father. We call him father. Sometimes the people you work with become like a family to you. Sometimes your community is, is like your family. So the stuff that I'm teaching this morning on family matters really relates to any relationship that we're in. But especially this relationship, this family that God has called us to be. Because how we deal with each other, how we respond to each other, reflects on who we are in Christ and is a message to the world beyond these doors. And if we can't get along, there's absolutely no way that the message that we give is the message that Jesus Christ wants us to give. Now, I'm thankful at Lakeway, this is not a message because we have an issue. We don't have any issues, none that I know of anyway. <laughs> this is a good, good family. But we can always get better, can't we? So I'm going to read from a passage, Romans 12. I think of the Bible as a gold mine. And, you know, th- there's all kinds of gold in a gold mine, but you, you get to a vein of gold. And Romans 12 is really a vein of gold. And inside that vein, there, there are nuggets of gold. And there's the whole of Romans 12. My favorite chapter in all the Bible. But the part I'm going to give you this morning, 10 verses, there's so much in these 10 verses. I'm going to have to go really quick. You've got your notes. Get your pen out. Fire it up. Because we're going to go really quick. There's a lot of good stuff. We'll get to where we can, and then I'll just give you the rest of the blanks if need be. And we'll see where God takes us, okay? Let me just start with a word of prayer here. Father, I just give you thanks for your word. Your wonderful word, your gift to us, your revelation of yourself and your love and your purpose and your plan. And, Father, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture this morning that is absolutely jam-packed with good, good stuff. And we don't have a lot of time. So, Father, I pray that you would open up our hearts, our minds, our spirits, our ears, that we would be completely tuned into you here in this room online People that watch it later, Father, that we would know from you that we would seek not just to be informed but to be transformed by the power of your word. Father, I pray that you would empty me of me, fill me with your spirit so that the words that come out of my mouth are not my words, but their power because they're your words. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So so I'm going to read through the whole passage. Now you can see if you've got a note. Anyone need a, a note? an outline? So you can see, you're looking at it already, there are 17, 17 nuggets that I pulled out of this scripture. So we're going to go quick. So let me read the whole thing and then we'll dive in. Romans 12, 9 through 18, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. There's a lot in there, isn't there? I mean, a lot of good, good stuff. Like I said, I pulled out 17. You could pull out more if you want. 17 rules for family matters. So like I said, I'm going to have to go quick here. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. The word, the Greek word translated for love here is the word agape. It's a verb. It's an action word. You know, when, when we're called to love one another as a faith family or to love our neighbor or to love our, our, our enemy, it's not that warm, fuzzy kind of, oh, love. That, that kind of love is a good kind of love, but that's not what this is talking about here. This is love in action. It means putting love in action. Now, what does that mean? How do we put love in action? Well, that's the rest of this stuff in this package, in this, in this passage, Paul unpacks real love in this passage. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Look for the good. Minimize the bad. Look for it. Seek it and leave it. Le- live it. Look out for the best intentions of other people. See, this, this is not about judging. Like sometimes when we look, you know, good versus bad. Well, if you would just do such and such, you say, if, you know, you need to come to church. You need to quit doing this. <laughs> no one ever got motivated by that. Nobody gets changed by that. People don't respond to that. But if you, if, if you are sincerely looking for the best for others, you're looking to bring light into the relationship. To bring good and positive into the relationship. We don't focus on the bad. We look to the good. And we do not feed the bad. We nurture the good. Love each other with genuine affection. This is real, real simple. Be nice. I mean, that's really simple. Be nice. You know, I hate to say this. I have to be honest. Sometimes you're just not nice, right? Somebody messes up and you take the opportunity to mention it. (laughs) Really? Seriously? Love each other with genuine affection. Be nice to people so that you're a pleasure to be around you don't want, when you walk in the room and, you, and you're in it you don't want people to be on their guard because they got to watch what they say or what they do because you're going to critique them when you walk in the door you want them to go hey man how's it good? It's good to see you and it puts a smile on their face just because you're there that's genuine affection be nice and take delight in honoring each other celebrate other people Treat them as though they are important. You ever meet those people that whenever you get into a conversation with them, there's only one side of the conversation, them. And they just keep talking about themselves and what they're doing. And and you might mention something that's going on in your life, but they'll find a way to bring it back to them again. And the spotlight is upon them. Take delight in honoring others. Treat them as, as though they are important, so that they're, when they're with you, when they're with you, they feel valued. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Now, what does it mean to serve the Lord? What did Jesus say was the greatest command? Love God. What did He say was the second greatest command? Love others as you love yourself. Now, here's, here's the truth. In our families, in our communities, in our workspace, some people are hard work. Do the hard work, work at it, work at the relationship. If they're hard work, you be the one that does the hard work to keep that relationship as healthy as it can possibly be. That means that you put in the emotional hard work. Sometimes, sometimes relationships take a lot of energy. They take a lot of work. And the easiest thing to do is to walk away from the relationship or, or shelve the relationship or bring the negativity into the relationship. And what this is saying here is we don't do that. We work hard to be the one that brings the good into this relationship. Rejoice in our confident hope. Envision a great future for people. We have a hope. You're never you know, <laughs> you're never going to amount to anything. You're just like your mother. <laughs> You're just like your father. You're just like Uncle Watson. That stuff doesn't nobody gets motivated by that. Part of our role is to infuse hope into those around us. We look to the future, we look to the good in them, and we talk about the future that could possibly be, and we help to work them attain that future together. It's our future. Be patient in trouble. Don't be reactive. Be responsive and be willing to go the distance. Trouble comes. Trouble comes in relationships. That's where trouble mostly comes. Don't give up on people. Don't let the hiccups throw you off. Work hard at it. Don't give up and keep on praying. Be prayerful. This is easy. And don't stop praying. Sometimes we get lazy with prayer. I, I know I do. There's sometimes that there are people that I need to pray for, and and I'll get to the end of the week, and I think, man, you know what? I don't I don't know if I prayed for them at all this week. I, I wanted to pray for them. Write a list. Write a list of the people that 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 are important to you and what needs to be prayed for. And pull the list out every day. It's okay to be repetitive in prayer. It's actually a a biblical principle. Keep on praying for them and never give up hope. I know people who have prayed for someone for 40, 50, 60 years before change came about. But change came about after 40, 50 years of prayer. Keep on praying. Pray for God's blessing on them. Pray to give thanks for them. Pray for hope for them. Pray for a future for them. There are so many things. Verse 13, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Now, we kind of enter into a subcategory here of how to respond when people are in need. We do a lot of that here at Lakeway. I mean, that's why we're doing the toy run today. We did Thanksgiving a week ago, two weeks ago. Be ready to help them. That means be prepared emotionally, physically, spiritually to care for other people. That means bring them a meal if they need a meal. Give them a call if they need a call. Listen if they need someone to be listened to. This, Always be eager to practice hospitality. These things kind of build on each other. They go together. Open up your home if possible. A lot of people don't like to let someone into their home these days. We, we're, we live guarded. It used to be so much more that we would invite people in. But we live guarded lives these days. I don't know what it is. There's just something about having coffee Around the kitchen table. Having a meal with people. It's just, it just adds a dynamic. I I love it. I love it when people invite us over. And I love inviting people over. Or Sandra loves inviting people over. And I love what Sandra loves. (laughs) But open up your home if possible. Pray that God would use your home to further his kingdom. You know, each time Sandra and I moved, we prayed about the home that we were moving to. God, if you're putting us in this place, in this house, at this time, you have a reason for bringing us here in this house. And we believe that you're going to use this house to further your kingdom. I wonder who's going to come through these doors. I wonder who's going to meet Jesus in our home. I wonder who's going to get hope in our home. I wonder who's going to feel love in our home. God, would you bring them to us? Would you prepare me emotionally, physically, and mentally to open up our home and be hospitable? To others. Now it takes a little twist here. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God would bless them. How do you bless someone? You seek to do what is good for them. You seek to do what is in their best interest. Even if they annoy you. Even if they bug you, even if they do bad to you, you seek to do what is right for them. Genuinely and humbly take the high ground. Don't seek revenge. Forgive and be graceful even if they don't deserve it. Because guess what, folks? We're looking for grace, aren't we? And we don't deserve it. Jesus says, if you want me to give grace to you, then you give grace to those who hurt you. It's difficult. And pray God's best for them and celebrate it. Verse 15, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Simply be there. Be there for them. Listen to them. Celebrate with them and comfort them. You know something that's very important? If somebody gives you a date that is important to them, take note of the date. It's very meaningful when you can bring that stuff up to somebody. Say, hey, man, isn't this the day? I remember you telling me about July 15th. Isn't that the day you met your husband? Isn't that the day you met? Yeah, it is. Thank you for remembering that. Is that the day that your mom died? I, I remember you telling me that. It means something when we remember important dates. It shows that we care. So listen, celebrate, and comfort. And don't avoid. Sometimes we do that. When people are going through difficult times, we feel like, oh, I don't know what to say. So we don't say anything. And that can be hurtful sometimes. You never know how somebody's going to respond. But the best response we can give is just to say, Hey, I heard what's going on. How are you doing? Is there anything I can do to help? Can I pray for you? Would you like would you like to talk for a little bit? People just need to know that you care. It's important. Live in harmony with each other. That means be mature. I remember in our house when uh, we didn't necessarily live in harmony. My wife and I did, but me and the kids, not always. And how many times I can remember Sanders saying to me, you're the adult. <laughs> Act like the adult. You know, it's like, I'm oh, going to kill that kid. <laughs> be mature, be f- forgive, be graceful. Do your part to keep the peace. Now, something's very important here. Not peace at any cost. That is not helpful. And that is not mature. Sometimes when somebody is consistently doing something and it needs to be addressed, but we don't want to address it because we know it causes pain or it might cause upset or I'm going to have a conversation and they might get mad at me. We must value the person more than we value the relationship. Think about that for a second. We have to value the person more than we value the relationship. In other words, I'm going to have the conversations... That I have earned the right to have with you, and I'm gonna challenge things that need to be challenged, but I'm gonna do it in love. I'm not gonna do it in a judgmental way. That is maturity, that's how we maturely deal with issues. We confront harmful behavior, we don't simply let it slide. We speak the truth in love. And I like this last part. <laughs> Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Be humble. Be willing to learn. Be willing to learn about other people. Be willing to listen to their opinions, even if you don't agree with their opinions. Try to find out what they think, why they think it, how they feel, and why they feel that way. Enjoy the company of ordinary people. We're ordinary people. That's one of the things I like about Lakeway. We're ordinary people. You know, I've used this analogy in the past. I quite like Starbucks coffee. It's expensive though. It gets crazy expensive these days. But when I think about Lakeway, we're black coffee. And I like the fact that we're black coffee here. What you see is what you get. There's no bells and whistles and frills. We're just ordinary people trying to serve the Lord, trying to do what God has called us to do. We're not pretentious. What you see is what you get. And I think that's what attracts people to Lakeway. And that's what this is talking about. Be humble. Be willing to learn. (laughs) Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Any know-it-alls here? (laughs) And my sister Karen. Hope you're watching. (laughs) Accept the fact that you might be wrong. (laughs) Even if you are absolutely convinced of your rightness. I will argue something black is blue, even if I'm only partly sure I'm right. I'll just go for it. It's like, let's just act like it's right. Accept the fact that you might be wrong. Even if you don't see that you may be wrong, don't lord your rightness over other people. Be humble. And sometimes it's simply better just to zip it. Never pay back evil with more evil. Be gracious. Sometimes it's easy to take revenge. Sometimes it feels good to take revenge. That is not the Christian way. That is not Christ's way. We do not respond to evil with evil. We respond to evil with love. It confounds evil. Be gracious. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. That simply means have integrity. Don't wear different hats and pretend to be different people, different things to different people. Be who you are, warts and all. Admit when you're wrong. Try not to be wrong. And just be open and honest with people. So that everybody can see that you're honorable. And if you're not honorable... You need to know that. You need to make some changes. Because we're called to be honorable. And the last one do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Strive to be a peacemaker. When you're all gathered around the table at Christmas time and that one person is there and you know they're going to say something to set things off, don't light the fuse. Don't set it off. Don't respond to it. You be the peacemaker. You be the one that brings peace into a volatile situation and go out of your way to do it. You know what the easiest job in the world is? A critic. It's so easy to be a critic and criticize what other people are doing or what they're not doing. It's easy to tear other people down. Seek ways to build other people up. How do you do that? You got to stay in prayer. You got to stay in prayer. You got to stay in the word. You got to have the word in you. You need to serve. That makes you feel good. And you need to have an attitude of gratitude. So let me close with this, and then we're going to have communion. We all, every single one of us, have to deal with difficult and challenging people in pretty much every arena of our lives, family, church, work, community. And to some, we may be the difficult, challenging person, which might take a little bit of getting your head around. Now, here's the takeaway in all of this. This is all about the head, the heart, and the hands. If you want to bring change into your relationship, the change begins with you. We do not have the power to change how other people think or feel or what they do. The only person that we have the ability to change is us. That's why some of these tools, you'll you'll note, some of them are responsive. That's the head. Some of them are reflective, that's the heart. And some of them are active, that's the hands. Now here's the deal. We can't change other people, but we most definitely can influence change in other people. You have influence. That's what this is all about. Our influence can be positive and our influence can be negative, but you have influence. So use your influence in all circumstances... To bring about positive change. But let the change begin with you. And that might be a simple prayer. Lord, give me the heart, the head, and the hands to love in the manner that I want to be loved by you. Amen?